morning. How are we all? You're all very up and about this morning. I like it. I'm just going to start by saying I am so happy to have my husband home. He has been gone 11 days and 11 nights and I'm glad to have him home. I'm, I'm going to say this and it may change very quickly, but I have missed the volume at home. Three kids at home, you'd think there'd be plenty of volume, but my husband brings a little more. I may not be saying that next week, but you know. Anyway, so we missed you, honey. Welcome home. Oh, he ate a frog. He wanted me to tell you. He ate a frog's legs. And it tasted like chicken. And apparently, Mark over here was worse than Charles, from what I'm hearing. I don't know if it's true or not. Was it? Yeah, it's true. So Mark was worse than Charles with his food. They ate lots of yucky things. Anyway, moving along. I'm going to pray before I get into the word. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, thank you for the opportunity that you've given me this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll help me to share what you've put on my heart. Lord, I pray that your words will speak to everyone here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I am going to be looking at the book of Esther this morning. And as I was preparing, I was, I was trying to write a brief outline of what Esther was all about. And um, at the end of it, I ended up pretty much writing a whole novel. So... I may as well have read the whole 10 chapters and I'm sure you wouldn't have wanted me to do that. So I uh, was talking to Charles and he said, have a look on, on uh, one of our study Bibles. And I had a look and he said, change the words, rewrite it, you know, write, write it in your own words. I said, forget that because it is too well written for me not to um, change my words. So it says, I'm going to give you a bit of an outline of what Esther is all about. This exhilarating account has all the elements of a great novel. There is the beautiful young orphan girl who rises from obscurity to become queen. She even hides a secret that could bring about her demise. Then there is the ambitious villain whose passion is to destroy the innocent. Finally, the storyline involves a power struggle, romantic love and a startling expose. But in the end, the point of this story is clear. Once again, the Israelites' God had miraculously saved them from certain destruction. How's that for an outline? I thought that was pretty cool. I wasn't going to change that. I couldn't write it as good as that. Um, so I'm hoping that's going to make you all want to go home and read the 10 chapters because it is, it is a really good um, story. Uh, I recommend you do that. But this morning, I'm actually wanting to look at um, Esther's cousin, Mordecai. Mordecai... Uh, took Esther on when her parents had passed away and raised her as his own. Mordecai was a man who took on responsibility that was his own, uh, that was not his own, I should say, and inherited a godly purpose he never saw coming. I want to look at the attributes he had and how he encouraged Esther to walk in the will of God for her life. I remember when our kids were babies and they were learning to crawl and I would try and encourage them to crawl and I'd put a toy just out of their reach. Cruel, I know, but I'm sure you, a lot of us have done it. And I, I could see in them the desire that they wanted to get this toy, but they couldn't quite, just, couldn't quite get there. So I was trying to help them get their le le little legs under their tummy um, 
to try and help them to get to where they wanted to go. As a parent, I would and still do cheer on the sideline, willing them to grow and develop and achieve their goals. Just like a baby learning to crawl and the parent assisting, in our lives, we all can do a little, we can all do with a little push in the right direction sometimes. Seven years ago, well, actually, probably my whole life, I was a little different to the person you see here up this morning. I was shy. I still am shy, but I'm a lot, I was a lot shyer. And I was going about my own business, helping Charles, supporting Charles in his ministry, but I didn't want to be up here. I wasn't planning on getting emotional. I never do. Neither does Charles. <laughs> there, was, there was no chance I was going to be up here with him. There's probably not a chance that you'd get me hosting a, um, or leading a connect group, let alone up here. But um, that was Charles's job and I was okay with that. Um, as most of you know, oh, we moved here nearly seven years ago. Pastor Nick was our, um, our former senior pastor, had different ideas about me. supposed to happen he saw in me what I couldn't see in myself and he encouraged me over the next few years to see it in myself and start walking in what God had called me to do (laughs) you're all very encouraging (laughs) um Pastor Nick had seen a leadership calling along with many other people and a lot of prophecies that I've had. So over the next six and a half years, he had me getting involved, asking, asking me my opinion on different things, different situations. He had me come on staff on finance. That I've got no idea on finance. He just wanted me in the building during the week. Can I grab a tissue, please? He saw something in me and helped me move forward toward what God was calling me to do. He always was and still is encouraging me along the way. I've realised that the call of God is often what we find uncomfortable, but so great, it means we require faith. It's good when people can see the gift and call that God has put on you and always helps when they encourage you along the way. Those people that, um, that encourage you are what I'm going to be calling today is your Mordecai. Pastor Nick was one of my Mordecais. I've had many and a lot of you are very encouraging, so I thank you. You see, Mordecai, Esther wouldn't have been, the, without Mordecai, sorry, Esther wouldn't have been the queen in the, that position to be able to help the Israelites. Without Mordecai, Esther wouldn't have known about the guards plotting to kill the king. Without Mordecai, Esther wouldn't have put herself in the position where she could have died, but instead she saved the Israelites. Mordecai helped Esther to be able to walk in the purpose of God he ha- God had for her. God was at play. God used Mordecai to be able to encourage, challenge and guide her. How cool is that? Mordecai walking in the call that God had for his life 
actually helped release Esther to hers. If you're taking notes this morning, we're going to be looking at three of the attributes Mordecai had to be able to encourage and guide Esther. So my first point was Mordecai had the right priorities. He honoured God. In Esther 3, 2, it says, All the royal officials at the king's gates knelt down and paid honour to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honour. He wouldn't bow down to Haman, even though the law had said he had to. It doesn't say this in Esther, but I believe the reason he wouldn't bow down was because Haman wasn't God and, and uh, he wasn't going to bow down to anyone other than God. And Mordecai is someone that you can trust the advice of because you can see in their life that they have the right priorities. When the social pressure is on to compromise, Mordecai was not going to crack. Mordecai not bowing shows us he had a relationship with God and he knew the Old Testament law that was Exodus 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 4 to 5. It says, You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Mordecai's priority was to honour God above everything else. Just as it says in Psalm 29 too, honour the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. If you're going to be a Mordecai for someone, the question you need to ask yourself is, are you honouring God in everything you do? Are you being an example to others in how you live your life no matter the pressure? The people around you that you may not even realise are watching you and seeing your priorities and if you give honour to God. Leading by example is the key. Make God your priority and everything else will flow. Mordecai would not conform to what everyone else was doing, even if it made Haman angry and could have killed him. He stood firm and he honoured God. God sees it, but not only God, the people around you that you are influencing see it. You may, not, you may be at the beginning of your walk with God and that's fantastic. Maybe you could start asking God to bring a person into your life that can help you in your journey. In fact, that's good for everybody to do where, wherever you are in, in your journey with God. Finding a godly example can only help you grow closer to God. Having someone in your life to do life with that has the right priorities and honours God above all is going to help you and encourage you to do the same. In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Charles and I are trying to be an example to our kids in what it is to honour God in everything we do. We want them to see in us how we prioritise him. And for one, one example, a few examples of, of that is teaching our kids financial stewardship and putting God first by giving him um, our tithes and offerings. So our, so our kids are hopefully putting their tithes and offerings up in the kids' church. Hopefully they're not pocketing it and putting it back into the other jar. <laughs> Who knows? Probably should check that. Um, <laughs> um, 
we're trying to, to teach them to be generous, not only with their money, but also with their time. Or whether it's honouring God by making the right choices with their friends at school. Or honouring God by looking after the things that they already have been given. We are trying to lead by example in all areas so that our kids can lead by example as well. We have just started a new way of giving the kids pocket money um, and we have the three jars. I'm sure a lot of people have heard this way of doing it. Who is it? What's his name? The Barefoot Investor. Investor. He's a ma- well, we've read his book and he's great. So we're trying it, implementing. So they have three jars, one's for giving and one's for tithes. So one, one's for giving and tithes, one's for spending and one's for saving. And um, we, we've only just started doing it. So we've done it once with them. We pay them fortnightly. They get, and the only rule that they have is they have to put one coin, at least one of their coins in each of their jars. And then they can decide where the rest goes. So we came, Kiara and Lila put their 10% in their giving jar. Um, and they divided up pretty evenly between the other two, spending and the saving. And then it came to Jai. And he was putting most of his coins in the giving jar. And I said, babe, you can, you can, you can put some more in those ones if you like. Um, and he's like, mum, I love God more than I love my toys. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know, right? So he's being an example of honouring God. I'm not saying to give all your money to God. But the heart behind Jai, wanting to give money... Um, was out of love and that was his first priority and not out of rules. Jai has been, well, we've tried to model um, the right priorities. We're not perfect and we obviously make mistakes, but we're trying. So my second um, point is Mordecai helped Esther become who she was supposed to be by challenging her. It says in Esther 4, verse 13 to 14, he sent back his answer do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone for, of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And, in, and who knows for that you have come to your royal position for the, such a time as this. Mordecai pretty much is saying that if you don't say something and try and save us, then God will use someone else. But who knows, you may be the queen for this very reason, to help save the Jews. You're going to need to be able to challenge someone when needed or allow others to challenge you when you need it. Mordecai challenged Esther to talk to the king, which then led God's people being saved. If Mordecai didn't challenge Esther in that moment, she would have continued to be afraid and stay in her comfort zone and God would have used someone else. Because we know our God, he has a plan. If you don't listen to God and, obe- and be obedient, he will use someone else. And you will be missed out on being used by God in that moment. Esther did listen to Mordecai and ended up saving the Israelites and be- um, from being wiped out. Such a time as this. God used Mordecai to challenge her in a moment that she was afraid. Is there someone in your life challenging you? Or who are you challenging? Who are you needing to give a push in the right direction when they may need it? Who knows what a little pep talk may do for that person 
or where it may take them on their walk with Christ and what he has purposed them to do, but all in love, of course. As if it's not in love, it could be detrimental to the person and where they are heading. I always like the analogy that Charles uses, uh, he says, about the love tank. I don't know if many have heard this. You may ha- you have, sorry, you have to have love in the love tank to be able to take some out with it, without it becoming empty. The more love in the tank, the more likely you will need a challenge when you need to challenge someone on their attitude, for example, or someone on their behaviour, they will respond well as you have already poured into their love tank through lots of encouragement and lots of time spent loving them. Mordecai had raised Esther and had poured into her over time to be able to challenge her, challenge something in her, for her to be able to respond well and move forward. And she moved forward all right. God used her to help save the Israelites just as he promised. Charles has been one of my, one of my Mordecais on occasions. He's always. I remember four months ago preparing to preach at our 5 p.m. service. I sat in the lounge room feeling defeated and afraid. I was crying. I'm like, Charles, I can't do this. I think you need to get someone else to do it. But he didn't say what I wanted him to say. I wanted him to say, you're amazing. You'll be fine. You've got this. But he didn't. (laughs) He said something along the lines of, that's enough. Pull yourself together. A bit like what he'd tell me now. Pull yourself together. I could preach for you, but that's not going to help you, is it? It wasn't what I wanted him to say. But it was the right thing for him to say. Do you need to be challenged a little? There is a scripture in Proverbs 27, 6. It says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Having a Mordecai as your friend will help you develop. Don't they say short-term pain for long-term gain? It may hurt for a moment. When a friend challenges you, but it will help you grow and become a better person. So let's get around people that one, honour God, and two, are not afraid to give you a push in the right direction when you need it. How, How you respond to that push is imperative to how you move forward. You have a choice to get offended. I could have got offended at him. Saying you're not being supportive. Or, or you have the choice to say, you know what, you're right, and then move forward. My third, third and final point this morning, Mordecai recognised what God had put on Esther's life. He helped Esther to lead when she was used to following. A way to tell if you have a person in your life who is a Mordecai is they draw the purpose of God out of you which will give you a new authority and confidence. It says in Esther 4, 15 to 17, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in, I don't know how to pronounce this, Shushan, is that right? Sounds about right. And fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and I will go to the king 
which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. If you look at the chapters prior to, prior to um, these couple of verses, Esther is listening to everything that Mordecai tells her to do. But after he challenges her, she recognises who she is in Christ and she realises that she is called by God, she is set apart for his plan and he is with her. From these couple of verses, she changes. She had to make a choice. Was it fear or was it going to be faith? And she chose faith. She realised what she had to do and started to identify herself as one of God's people. And that's when she started. She went from following to leading. She's now moving in the authority. In fact, Esther is now telling Mordecai what to do. And he listens as he knows she is fulfilling what God's asked or called her to do. And she sees it in herself and she actually believes it. She has a new authority in Christ. The story I shared earlier about myself not wanting to be up here doing leading and what, uh, up the front here in front of you all was me choosing fear and not faith. There was, there was a time many, many years ago before we moved up here, I remember um, our former senior pastors in Geelong wrote me an email and she asked me if, and, and a few other girls, if we can just talk for about five minutes on, up on a Sunday morning. I can't even remember what it was about. And as I read the, the email, I didn't even ask God. I'm like, I know what he'll say. He'll say yes. So I just said, no, thank you. I didn't even ask. I was choosing fear and not faith. I've had people in my world, being my Mordecai, speaking faith over me, and now I'm stepping out in faith. It does get easier as we rely on God, but as soon as we start doing it in our own strength, the fear comes in. Your journey doesn't have to be up here behind the pulpit. For you, it could be an example of Christ in your workplace, having the faith to talk to your colleagues about God. Or it could be a step of faith in starting your own business that's, that God's birthed in your heart. It could be being the best parent you know how to to your kids. Whatever God's purpose for you, find a Mordecai for you to do life with and be a Mordecai to somebody else. Have you recognised in someone what God has put on your life. Actually, I might get the band to come up if that's okay. Have you recognised in someone what God has put on their life? Sorry. And are you helping them to see it for themselves? Are you encouraging them along the way? Are you challenging them when they may need it? Or have you got someone in your life that can help you in recognising what it is that God has put on your life that can encourage you and challenge you? You know, all this talk about being your Mordecai, it's called discipling. And we are all called to do it what, wherever we are in our walk with God. Here at Uni Church, oh, start again. That didn't come out right. Here at Uni Hill Church, we believe in and our mission is to see people restored to God, to see people coming in those doors either starting their journey with God or coming back to God where they once were. We want to see people raised up to God's purpose. So not just stay where they are,
but move forward in your walk. And we want to see you released in what God's purpose for you. That's our mission here. But Charles and I and the team can't walk with everyone in this room. It's not possible. But if we all do our part, we can help so many more walk in the purpose of God for their life. As I close this morning, um, as I was preparing, I just felt like God was saying that you may be discipling someone or you may be discipled by someone, but the struggle is actually the fear and faith battle you're having. So if I can ask everyone to close their eyes just for privacy reasons, as I want to ask you this morning, are you choosing fear or are you choosing faith? The enemy knows where God wants to take you. He knows how to cripple you with fear to stop you. And that today, the Lord says to go to faith. I am with you and you are here for such a time as this. Today, as the Mordecai in my life encouraged me, I encourage you to go to faith. If this is you and you are ready to choose faith over fear, can you raise your hand for me just so I can uh, see who I'm praying for? That's awesome. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father, that you are always with us, even if it does seem distant. Even if it doesn't feel like you are, you are walking, working with us and for us always. We come before you this morning choosing to have faith in you. We will no longer let the devil have any strongholds on us. Father, we pray a breaking of fear over the lives here this morning. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your gentleness. We pray for strength, boldness and courage, Father, as we strive to grow in our walk with you and fulfill the purpose that you have given us. Lord, I help, Lord, help us to find the right people in our lives, Father, so that we can journey with them and be encouraged by them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're just going to enter into a time of worship again. Can I encourage you to stand up and, and enter in?